what is going on you guys we are back at it again it is a new year and we are still very marky here it is your boy danny God. excuse me on that one um it is your boy danny we are back at it again and i am joined by the man who brings us the scary stories monday through friday scary stories to retweet to your friends it is our co-host our analyst it's tommy going on guys happy new year's uh very much blessings upon you and your households and you guys already know we have the incomparable the man that brings you the most fire fire pro wrestling storylines and content on the twitch universe and you already know you can't start ah, fuck it. i can't do it already I'm oh my up god already. i'm botching up more than hold everything on, i'm botching Danny, mania Danny, Danny, Danny. hit the intro again yeah. All right. <laughs> Rewind. Right, bring it back. What's going on, you guys? It is your host, Danny. We are back at it again, and I am joined by my fellow marksmen, it is a new year, and we're still being marky as everything, and also as well. It is a new year, and we got some things coming to you this way. But first, um, we are joined by the man who brings you the scary stories to retweet to your friends every Monday through Friday. It is your boy, Tommy. What's going on, guys? Uh, hopefully, you guys had a fantastic Christmas, fantastic New Year's. Uh, it is day two. Uh, not to be confused with day one, so let's get into it, guys. <laughs> And also as well, we are joined by the incomparable man who brings you the best fire pro wrestling content in the Twitch universe. It is your boy, C-Ham. What's up, everybody? C-Ham, you already know you can't spell champion without it. One co is free, the other isn't. Life is good. And also as well, he is not on screen with us today, but he did make it in through the treacherous seas. It's your boy, Stambino. Yo, what's up? Happy New Year to everyone. Hope everyone had a uh, great holiday. And uh, Leo Rush is the GOAT. Leo Rush is the GOAT, he says. Do you want to go ahead and start the fire off with that, Ryan, or do you want to wait until we get there? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, hey, I mean it's sure a hot topic. Understands it's a hot happened. topic. I mean, all right, by all means. powerful what he did. All right, let's go ahead and ch- dive right into it. Ryan, lead of the way. So, obviously, I'm sure everyone's aware, uh, Leo Rush ended up, uh guess, calling out TK. Uh, obviously, if people need to know who that is, that is the owner and promoter of All Elite Wrestling uh, for obviously making some uh, crazy comments about uh, Swole, uh, which obviously, if no one knows, that is the uh, wife or um, of Cedric wife. Alexander. Yep, you're right. So... Uh, hey man, like I don't know that that situation. Um, when I saw that, completely took me by like surprise how he responded by that. And then obviously with Leo Rush just coming up out of nowhere and actually standing up, that uh, that was pretty awesome. And uh, obviously, TK and Leo Rush had some really good backstage conversation uh, about the diversity of um, black athletes and how they're uh, obviously promoted or uh, put on the card. I think it's awesome to see that Leo Rush stood up for that, and obviously that there is going to be some hopefully significant changes uh, with this dialogue that they had. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? 
I'm now speaking from an experience standpoint as obviously a former professional wrestler of, I don't know if you realize this, uh, color. Uh, I, I have a little bit of the melanin. Um, it is very, very rough for black athletes, not only in, not only on the independence, but what we see on TV, like on TV, growing up for me, my first black athlete that I saw when I started watching wrestling was Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson yep. was, was Same here. the guy for me. It was Ahmed Johnson and then The Rock. And then obviously I saw like all the nation of domination. And like, I was like, oh, there are black wrestlers. And then you look over at WCWC, you know, Harlem Heat. But that's, that's the point. You look in the 50 plus years of the WWE, there have been four African-American WWE champion. I'm not counting the World Heavyweight Championship because that is a completely they don't different count it thing. Either. That exactly. You have The Rock. And then for the longest time, that was it. Then you had Kofi Kingston, Bobby Lashley, and Big E. That's it. That's all. Like, I understand why there's such... It's hard because you want you want to like look at what WWE does with Asian characters. You're either Yakuza or you get turned into some other goofy gimmick. You know, you're 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 somebody you're somebody who's Hispanic. You're a matador or you're some kind of uh, some kind of lover boy. Like it's it's sickening, and I'm just glad that somebody like Leo Rush is saying something. Leo Rush is a polarizing figure in himself, but he's also aware of where he's at and the influence he has. So something like that is is very beneficial to have. Um, that's, it's hard. It's it's a very hard subject to tackle. It's a very hard subject to, to go about because being on the indies, it was rough for me. Uh, I was always overlooked. I was always seen as either an opening guy or, you know, just a, a good enough hand to be in some spot. And it took it took nine years for me to finally become a heavyweight champion, despite always being in the main event scene. So, and, so with you being like, obviously being in the in the ring and being an actual wrestler yourself, Tommy, if you, if you had to kind of just take, uh, I would I, this is me asking as a question on the outside, mm-hmm. inside perspective what would that conversation maybe from a standpoint from a wrestler's perspective maybe may have gone down how may he have potentially had that conversation with dk how would you have probably have handled that or maybe how would you have had a conversation like that i mean could you give us any insight of how like as a wrestler someone would have a conversation with an owner of a promotion like that it's rough because on the indies you have the possibility of them just saying all right well that's cool and then they never book you again (laughs) but you know, we've I've had conversations with other people where it's like you got to know your audience. You got to look at your audience, see what they like. Look at your card. If you have two women on a card, that's that's nothing, you know. But you know, you can sit there and have three black guys in a, in a in a locker room, and they're probably all in the same match, <laughs> just because it's how I would handle that conversation now is probably different than how I would have handled it say six years ago so it's very rough for me because I'm a hothead when it comes to things I'm passionate about but thanks Danny (laughs) (laughs) hey man I'm agreeing with you though Um, but no like honestly Leo probably like probably used some harsh language to be like hey 
you gotta realize this is this is that that was wrong this is wrong you're literally taking everything you like and that's the thing tony khan is not not a white guy tony khan is brown he is he himself is a minority mm-hmm. so like you would think that there is some kind of understanding but i, I here's don't here's I don't my know. here's the only thing i have to say about this situation yes it is a touchy situation because of anything involved involving color race or creed things like that it's always you're either on pushed to one side or the other and in in this situation in particular there's one thing i I think we need to also be careful of uh regardless of the color um i think sometimes we can get so passionate about what this represents and forget about are these athletes good enough to be thrust in the spotlight yes i mean we diversity and equality is needed and necessary Absolutely. Not just for the sake of diversity and equality. Right. Not not and, diversity just to have diversity. And that's my only gripe about this scenario because it's a very touchy situation. Mm-hmm. But um, I think a lot of it boils down to whether or not Swole would have been thrust in that main event scene either way. And in my opinion, she, she wouldn't have been. So do you believe um, there was any valid criticism outside of just what we're talking about now in terms of let's just say that the comment that he made obviously that uh he, he, he released swole because mm-hmm. yeah he that he released swole because she wasn't a good enough wrestler. Do you find any validity in that? I mean I did yes. look up some I find um, I find massive validity in that. Okay. And, yeah, same. Um right. uh, that that's why I'm I'm kind of playing devil's advocate to a degree yeah. when it comes to this because yeah, yes yeah. i'm also as you can see a black dude but <laughs> well I'm not, I'm not for pushing black athletes just because just they're black they need Absolutely. to do okay. the talent exactly the talent has so, to be there in order to justify leo rush that. speaking up is a justification because he's good he's, he's really good he's amazing yeah. and i'm glad that a person of his skill level and uh as you said polar polarizing figure Mm. He's the person that needed to say something. I don't think um, if Marquen or someone like that spoke up, it would have had the same impact as it did with a Leo Rush. Yeah, and I think Hell, that I don't. I don't even think a Scorpio so. Sky. I don't even think a Scorpio Sky level Agreed. athlete Agreed. would have had that same impact. Yeah, I well, think- like Willie Willie Hobbs was speaking up on, on obviously the social medias and a few other uh, prominent black athletes in AEW who are actually getting good spots, good sp- situations in AEW and mm-hmm. people, I mean, the, the keyboard warriors were obviously just ripping yeah, those people. What, a new what one. I would argue, I would argue that AEW is, is very, very diverse. It's extremely diverse, Absolutely. but I can, on the other end, I can definitely see where she was coming from with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the sensation of a represent a representative of our color in that high event status. I get that. We don't have that yet in yeah, AEW. Because besides Jade Cargill, there isn't and, anyone that's that good. I guess you could say Brandy Rhodes, but like that's yeah, it's yeah. not. So it's like <laughs> they don't have we don't have we don't have the talent to do that to represent that yet in AEW. So it's kind of a slippery slope. 
All right. So, um, moving on from that, um, we can now get into the um the recap from day one. Uh, so day one started off with the pre-show Great pay-per-view man. name, by the way. Right, fantastic, hundred yeah. percent. One of hey, the top. I've hey, heard. Can we get a picture of uh, Kevin Dunn on screen real quick? Um, that guy. I think it was his idea. Had to be. Had, Had to. Be. If it wasn't, I'd be shocked. Look, get that uh, beaver face snaggle tooth on the on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on 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 my monitor. I'm the only one that can. I'm the only one that can insult Kevin Dunn like that. All right, all right. <laughs> Don't steal my whole gimmick. This is my whole stick. Hey man, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm in the same boat stick. with you. Uh, my true, yeah. whole stick. All right. <laughs> Regard, <laughs> anyways, so it started off with the pre-show match. It was supposed to be a tag match between Sheamus and Ridge Holland versus Cesaro and Ricochet. But if we've anybody who's seen the pre-show, you've <laughs> seen how well that. Oh God, there's that guy. Uh, that oh my God, I hate Ricochet looked great. I just want to say Ricochet that Ricochet looked great. He looked, he looked great. Fantastic. Rich Holland, I'm pretty sure Rich Holland got a. Bird's eye view of how great he looked. Well, boss, you know. uh, Rich Holland, on the other hand, would probably disagree with that statement. How um how great Ricochet is. (laughs) Yeah, did you see his eye? His eye, oof, oof. No, immediately it turned into a glorified handicap match where we saw Sheamus defeat Ricochet and Cesaro. Um. Yo, Sheamus is very impressive to me still with how beat up his body is and how well he still works. Like that man's body is destroyed. Have you seen uh, this? Is this a little off? But have you seen the YouTube video of him getting like the hammer work done? Yes. On him. Oh my! That's God. what made me think of it. I was like, this man's body is destroyed. How is he still doing from that? It? From that chiropractor dude that yeah, uh, tower or whatever. Still there? doing this, man. Yep. Like, oh, let me man. get a hammer. Let me just start randomly hammering things in my body. Let's let's see what happens. I, I'm sure something fixes something, right? <laughs> I got another three years in me if that if uh if I can do that. Dude, man, I don't know how he does it. Seamus just continues to put on solid performances, just no matter who he's in the ring with. Mm. No matter who. Seamus has always been one of my favorites to watch just because I he can put on a good match. When he's put with the when he's put with the right person, yeah. So, I and, and when he gets chopped, you see it so well because he's so pale. Oh, good, <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> oh, it's my so, favorite. Then we kicked off the show with the Usos and the New Day, um, where the Usos retain the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Another titles. It was a, it was an absolute. I, I just, banger. I just feel like when the Usos and the New Day get in the ring, they can do no wrong. They're just yeah, like yeah. a perfect complements to each other. One hundred percent. I, I will agree with that statement. Um, because they, they gel so well. They yeah. don't have to do the whole structure. Oh, hey, here's the, you know, the opening, the shine, the cut off, the heat. They can literally call on the fly, and yeah. you know, you won't get a bad match out of it. I um, agree. Where. We've seen the Usos win with not their typical splash. They won with their now 1D as tribute to the Team 3D, the Dudley yeah. Boys. I love it. I, that, I was like, wow, okay, big throwback here. I felt like that was a, a, the perfect way to start the card off. Definitely. Honestly, yeah, because it could only go downhill from there, right? Like, <laughs> Like if the I was I, I was saying if yeah, the show pretty- ended right there, 
Yeah, they almost tricked me. I was like, oh, shit, is this going to be a good card? (laughs) (laughs) They had had us there. And then I I buckled myself back in, like, uh, slowly. (laughs) I just sit back into my seat. (laughs) After that, uh, we saw Drew McIntyre take on Madcap Moss with Happy Corbin, where Drew McIntyre defeats fucking Riddick Moss. Madcap Moss. Mad Cat Moss. That Whatever. just makes me think of the old janky controllers that you would buy when you didn't have enough to buy the <laughs> Mad Cat. Oh my God. Every time I hear They're them, always I clear. They were always clear. Always clear. Always, always clear. Nothing more always. than that. Always clear and like. like and they always, always, had, and they always like sounded this like big. pepper shakers. They were like this big and always clear. Yeah. Three and days and every, shaker. Everything was loose. Everything was loose. After. After the match, they do a little segment in the back um, where they attack Drew McIntyre, put the chair over the neck, smash a staging piece of equipment on the chair, riding McIntyre off, where it has been revealed he has suffered a legitimate neck injury. Details are not out there yet of what the extent of the injury. Are. Here's the detail. Here's the detail. He's Glass Neck Drew. Mm-hmm. The man from Glasgow Neck. Glasgow Neck. <laughs> You know, just like Seamus, like uh, you guys were mentioning earlier, is is Drew McIntyre's another body that just he, he grinds he just so hard, well. so well to the point like he literally went down on his sword. True. Last night, ironically, <laughs> dude, that neck, that neck has been in better shape. That's for sure. Yeah, right. absolutely, absolutely, speed of recovery. But man, like, yeah, the shape was bent. The shape was bent. <laughs> so, what, what did you guys think about the match between uh, Moss and Drew? Do you think it was necessary, or was it just like, was there any impression on it? Uh, we obviously know how Drew McIntyre is, but did we see anything out of Mad Cat, or you know, or Mad I mean, Cat, whatever? Mad Cat. Mad Cat. <laughs> Mid-cat. He's the Mid-cat. same. He's the same old same guy. He's the same old same guy. Just got a different name. Yeah, Honestly, like, eh. I he eh. he hasn't done anything impressive ever since even since the NXT days when he was teamed yeah. up with Tino Sabatelli. Tino Sabatelli. <laughs> oh my god, I that forgot that was a thing. I forgot terrible. that was a thing. Yeah, that was bad. The only thing memorable between him and Tino Sabatelli was their theme song they had because it was actually a banger. 100 percent Yeah, I, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't even tell you what it was. It, Where what are they plan on doing with, oh, with Moss and and Corbin and uh, that whole shindig situation? Like, where's that going? I'm hoping I, Corbin turns on the dude, dude. I why is Corbin const- constantly shafted? Right, he's so good. He's so good. He is I legitimately was, becoming I one, love of, my, Corbin. one of my favorites. So mad that he gets no love. <laughs> Corbin has been a favorite of mine since I've seen him in when I first watched him in NXT. Yeah, I miss motorcycle long hair Corbin with the bald spot. Yeah, oh my god, yes. <laughs> I missed that Corbin. He was that so good. That guy that won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yes. That guy. Yes. The one that the one that constantly saves people from uh flubbing and killing themselves. Like he caught Kalisto, he's caught Dolph Ziggler, like dude. That even man protected finish in wrestling. He even yeah, protected finish in wrestling. He even saved Austin Aries that that one episode. I say this all the time. He is the he is the current Generations Scott Hall. Yes. 
motorcycles. He's talented. Never going to be a world champion. Anyone. Yeah. He's never going to be a champ. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they put him, he succeeds. I can see it. And, and yeah. on top of that as well, I don't think they'll ever get rid of him until he's Mm-mm. ready to no. go. No, he's there. He's a he's a mainstay. He's gonna always be someone look, when when no one wants to do something, they could be like Corbin, do this. Look, he went from, for life. went from the lone wolf, the constable, the bum ass Baron Corbin, now to happy Corbin. <laughs> Everything that they've given. Bum ass Baron Corbin is my favorite. You forgot you forgot yes. about King Corbin. But, no, uh, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah, about King Corbin. King Corbin, bum ass Baron Corbin. There now, you go. <laughs> I gotta get the sound clip. I gotta get that sound clip every time. Just play it. Boom! Uh, in the live chat, which guys, once again, if you guys don't know, we do do this show live on Twitch every Sunday night. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash shut up Danny underscore TTV. Uh, from the chat we have, he has a mix between Scott Hall and The Miz, because honestly, The Miz had different things given to him and he made the best of them. I absolutely yeah. agree. This is true. This is true. 100%. Um, again, the Miz did get two we titles. Saying, uh, what was that, Stampino? Real quick, like, let you get a uh, word in there. Miz did get two championships, though. Get that, two world sh- championships, you're right. Yes. Yep. Um, Baron Corbin definitely has been given everything that they gave him as an idea, and he's ran with it, and he's made it work. Um, He's obviously doing the same thing with this happy Corbin gimmick. Um, <laughs> hashtag bomb ads Baron Corbin. Love it. Um... Definitely, he is somebody that I will say he's WWE forever. He's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, even if we, he never actually gets the the big belt, I'm okay with that. As long as, he, like he said, he said it in a recent interview before, would I rather win the big one or have the most protected finishing maneuver in the business? He'd rather have that because at least people will still have something to remember him by. I like it. Smart. It is. Um, next, we had RK Bro versus the Street Profits for the WWE Raw Tag Team Titles with special ringside guest Migos. Why did Migos come out with RK Bro? Yeah, That's what that I was, don't understand. That was a missed opportunity there. I was waiting for either Randy to RKO one of them, or they were going to just drop the hottest freestyle track on the block. Mama! <laughs> Mama! I will say... I'm, all I, all I have to say about this, all I have to say about this match, well, it was, it was a decent match. It was, it was a decent match, yeah, for sure. My biggest takeaway, and I've said this before, Montez Ford is a future fucking star. Okay, Montez Ford is a let's go, bro, heavyweight champion. Yes. That man is a star. I love Montez if, Ford. And- if WWE decides to go with him, obviously. Yes, true. What's their track record going right now? That's true. If if they decide to give him a Kofi Kofi like opportunity, this kid is gonna run with it because he's a fucking star, man. He is a star. I love Tasmania. I love Montez Ford, and I'll I will say this right now: I will feel absolutely gutted for Angelo Dawkins if this profits ever split, because we already know who's gonna get the long. They're gonna have to. Angelo Dawkins doesn't even know he's the Angelo Dawkins of the Street Profits. <laughs> Yikes! It's true. It's true. I mean, he was—he's all he's done has been sh- sh- uh, shoved together with a bunch of tag teams until he found one that actually made sense. Yeah, but his entire NXT run, like he is legitimately—he yeah. had Jason Jordan at one point. Mm-hmm. He had what's the guy that used to be insanity before they got rid of him? 
Alexander Wolf? Was it Alexander? Oh, no, no, no. Matt, Way oh, before Fulton, that. Fulton. Fulton. Oh, yeah. Madman Fulton. Fulton, too. He was with Fulton. He was with yep. Sawyer Fulton in NXT. Uh, he's been with a couple people. He's been with some people, man. I'm I, think he's, I think he was with Scott Dawson at one point. Yep. He was. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Wasn't yeah, he with Mike Dillinger, too? I uh-huh. think so. He's I with think Mike so. Dillinger. Before yeah, the perfect yeah. 10 gimmick. Yeah. Yep, yep. That man's oh a teen. He's a tag team doppelganger. Like, but not, think, but not like in, Cesaro, though. Like, he's no. not like a Cesaro tag team doppelganger. Because he was in NXT for, I want to say, like, what? I had, like, four or five years. years. No, it, it was longer. Oh, no, it was that. almost it was a like, decade. It was, like, eight years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you're right. You're right. I'm, the people we're talking about, Fulton has been gone for, like, seven years. <laughs> it yeah. feels like it. It feels <laughs> like it. Dude. But Fulton's actually doing better things now. Not being great in impact. WWE, so, the, the, the pairing with him and Ace Austin is absolutely beautiful. Love it. My um, son. <laughs> yes. Um... Yes, Madman, um, Madman, um, Montez Ford will definitely be the um, star of the whole thing. And nobody asked your opinion, Cat. My, my, cat, cat, my cat is high on Montez Ford too, I guess. I, I, I agree, but like, <laughs> this is not his time to talk. I, I, was, I was speaking here, I was being rudely interrupted. Um, next on the card, we had Edge versus Lemiz. Um, fantastic match. Yeah, fantastic uh, match. Ever since Edge has started coming back out with the brood entrance, you know, that just, it just gives me life. It's the nostalgia pop. Like, it does everything for me. Everything for me. You can say whatever you want about The Miz. The the guy doesn't, he doesn't make bad matches. Like, he is the epitome of a workhorse. For sure. He is WWE's workhorse. He truly is. Whoever you put him with, whatever program you put him in, he he makes it worth watching. The, The Miz is one of the most underrated talents People will say he's I overrated. Heard. No, this dude nah. is severely he underrated. Credit, especially considering how little he's been injured throughout the, the entirety of his career. He's only legitimately had like always available two legitimate injuries, yeah. like two or three. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, he had. I know he had the, available. I remember the concussion he got from Kofi with the Trouble in Paradise on Raw, that put him out for like a month, a month and a half. The um. Injury at the WrestleMania backlash with Damian Priest that had him in the wheelchair, but he still showed up every week. He still was showing up every week. <laughs> he so, was still there for TV. Whisk were guns in hand. Dude, the Miz is this is a workhorse, man. WWE's workhorse, and you, nobody can stop that. Yeah, man. I'm here for the Miz all day. Um, what do you guys think about the uh, uh, Beth Phoenix? Oh, the Beth Phoenix show up at the end? Yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, she had the straight uh, Xena Warrior Princess fit on. It was lit. I loved it so much. <laughs> like, I popped I pop for a tire, so, like, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, someone in, in the Mar- chat Maurice's said... Maurice's eyes, when, when, that, when it popped and she looked back like, oh, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. That was great. <laughs> uh, we had a uh, did, did, uh, did you guys both all catch the, the production mishap when they tried zooming to her and then shifted away and then got back to her and her music hit? No, like it was I delayed. Oh, no, I yeah, that. Oh, they, <laughs> hit the, there. they hit the camera she at the wrong time. Yes, yep. I, like, look- camera a, I mean, F camera A, fuck, no, camera. A. <laughs> um, got somebody in the chat saying right now it's all about the drip with the Miz. Oh, yeah, cool. RIP Johnny Drip Drip. <laughs> RIP. Um, after that, we had the Raw Women's title on the line as Big Time Bex, Becky Lynch took on Liv Morgan. This was the match 
that put Liv Morgan on the map. I was high on Liv Morgan before. I can now say I am a Liv Morgan fan. That was a fantastic match. That, that, that. Can we talk about that avalanche? That springboard. Oh my God. Come on, yo. That, yes, that, that was, was clean. So new, that's your new signature, I bet. Get Bro, that was so smooth. I've already that. downloaded it on Fire Pro Wrestling. <laughs> Let's go. Didn't take him long. Dude, that move was so good. I remember when Christian used to do it. I remember when Booker T used to do it. And seeing somebody else now do it is amazing. I love that's it cool. so much. Yeah, that was a, so a top tier match. And it, it further made me upset that they didn't let Becky lose. Right. Like, I'm not mad. Why did Becky she... win and Biggie lose? That's all I wanted to know. We were going to get into that. We'll get to that uh, in one know, moment. We're I think Liv should have won that match, if you honestly ask yeah, me. Liv should have like, won that. The refereeing in that match was just god-awful. Uh, Aja was a little slow, a little off. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. I actually mentioned that to my wife uh, when we were watching. It's like, does her count seem like a little off? And she was like, yeah, no, yeah. it's like super slow. I'm like, okay, so it's not just very inconsistent. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Then in your main event, due to COVID-19, Roman Reigns was pulled from the show and that put Brock Lesnar in the main event, turning it into a fatal, fatal five-way match. For Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and the almighty Bobby Lashley, where we saw the crowning of a new WWE champion in Armor Brock. He didn't need it, and he didn't need to go over on E. It's a Brock party. That is exactly my same point. They could have done so much. Like like I had made mention in our Marksman chat this morning. Yep. That spear that they put Brock through the barrier in the very beginning, they could have used that towards the end and keep Brock one strong, two mm-hmm. out of the finish. Yep. Because he wasn't supposed to be there anyway. Exactly. That just makes me, that just alarms me even more to let me know that maybe perhaps WWE didn't know what the fuck they were going to do before that happened. Oh, no, they did. Because there was a leaked graphic that went out that had Biggie yes. listed as the winner. When, as he returned. But had, but had Brock Lesnar's leaked face. It. Yeah. Well, boss, uh, you know, with Roman Reigns really uh, coming down with COVID, you know, maybe we really should uh, make Brock Lesnar the world champion again. What do you think? This is our chance to make Broccoli Lesnar look stronger. Huh. That's uh, some good shit. Do it right now. Right now, I tell you. Damn it. Right now. So sad. That was the, honestly, the pay-per-view was decent, but that's what literally put the nail in the proverbial coffin for me and basically turned it off. Uh, see, but now here's, I think, here's where we could separate this out, right? Can't we separate it in two different accords? Obviously, on a booking aspect, it was, it was, it was not a good decision. Mm-hmm. But on a simply, if you separate yourself from just strictly booking and wrestling related on an entertainment value aspect, that was fantastic on an entertainment aspect. Only. Oh, yeah. I, I can agree with, with that. I'm not saying it was a bad match. I'm just saying I don't agree with the finish and I don't agree with how it happened. Like to I be honest, to be honest with you, this is one of the this is one of the most uh consistently well put together pay-per-views they had for a while. Like from match to match, it was just it was just premium a live event. Yeah, it was it was just really it was just really good performance after really good performance. And then just it just left a sour taste in my mouth that they ended the show that way. 
Yeah. After it, we've seen so much good stuff transpire. Agreed. Like anything Brock I, I, was doing, anything Brock was doing on SmackDown had nothing to do with anything on Raw because the guys no. on Raw have been working their asses off for almost two months That's to get that story over. Yeah. Like, but I think some new stories were, were created out of there, though. I mean, there's some like loose oh, you're right. You're right. stories. You're definitely right. You're definitely right. That that I think is- they, you know, they could open up either way. I mean, like, look, the whole Lashley thing. I mean, had uh, who was it? Was it Kevin Owens who broke it up? I mean, Lashley had him in that hurt lock, and it was believed that Brock Lesnar was going to fade the hurt lock. You're not wrong. I mean, I was I was literally sitting in my chair like, oh, shit, he's going to tap. Oh, shit, he's going to tap. Like, it had me caught that Lashley was going to win that. I would have been fine with that, too. I, I, was, yeah, hoping, I was hoping for Lashley or, or Owens to go over. Because they were at least in the storyline. Yeah, I don't know, man. It was just... It looked looking at all the footage of Farmer Brock celebrating with the fans afterward, though, makes it a little yeah. bit worth it. Yeah, <laughs> because that that's he was that's having cool. a really good time. When, when do you actually see Brock take the time to like you know right? go out and start dapping up fans and like he take was a, having a really good time with the fans. A couple so I quick enjoyed pictures and then head out. When when do you actually ever get a chance to see never, that? never? never. So, I'll, I'll Brock. Where where's that Brock been? Yeah, that was that was cool to see. Like that, I enjoyed that. Stuck in 03. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, another uh, quick in the chat. Brock was already in Atlanta, so WWE wasn't going to waste him flying. And this is going to lead to Lashley versus Brock and Biggie versus Roman. That's I was kind of thinking that in a way. As long as Roman yeah. loses, I'm good with that. I, I think I think it's time for him. I to mean, get rid of the belt. Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, we got the Royal Rumble popping up, so that's obviously going to lead into great topics and discussion of who could win. I mean, that's a perfect opportunity, let's just say, Big E to win, reunite with his New Day members, his family over there. And now, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's opportunities there. But um, I think it's going to be Lashley, if you're asking me, Lashley and Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. All right. And because we we're, the Royal Rumble's coming up, and I just need to get this out here. Johnny Knoxville? Seriously? Yeah. Johnny effing Knoxville. What's wrong with Knoxville? Let him eat, baby. Here's here's my problem with it. This is Vince McMahon still thinking it's 2003 and jackass is cool. (laughs) That is a a roster spot. Not a celebrity spot. I mean, come on. WWE we're talking about here. Come on. We're, I mean, that guess would be the celebrity spot. They can't fill those 30 slots. You see how many losses they've suffered in the last year? Yeah, 80, 80 plus. Name, name 80 me 80 plus. Name hey, me 30 look. wrestlers on their roster right now. Listen, I can barely name 10 roster, uh, 10 people on the Raw roster. Come on, man. I don't, how, I don't understand how the women's rumble is going to happen. NXT is going to be it's, showing it's, out in dude, the rumble. It's going to happen by they're going to get eliminated, and you're going to have to be eliminated twice to be really eliminated. <laughs> You get eliminated, eliminate once, people, and then, then have them run in the back, and then throw a luchador mask on, and come out as a mysterious guy. Hey, everybody, go. everybody, three faces. Everybody's a mysterious guy. <laughs> new, everybody's new vacant. Everybody's vacant. New rule with the WWE Rumble: you get thrown over, you're fired. Let's do the budget cuts. There you oh, go. Geez. Ricochet jumps <laughs> out of the ring Rumble. immediately. <laughs> yeah, Ricochet just jumps over. Doesn't even care. He does a, he does a 450 and lands on his feet, cool, though. <laughs> 
And then just looks back. Just walks out. Antonio Brown style. <laughs> oh, my God. Taking off his jacket. And taking off the jacket and leaving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like that. I wouldn't oh, have it any other way. And oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. He stands at the top of the at the top of the ramp, just like, see y'all, motherfuckers. I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fast forward. Uh, let's get into uh, AEW with Rampage AEW, and Dynamite. AEW. Um, Rampage New Year's that New Year's show. Yeah. Uh, from Daly's place, guys. Your initial thoughts on how the show was? My opinions. Go ahead. I'm glad it wasn't just a random throwaway end of the year show. Like, I agree. I thought it was great. I thought it was exactly what AEW needed to gain some momentum, being the fact that what the WWE does every year is just have some throwaway show or a review show or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was, it was nice to see. It was very, very different. I enjoyed it. I'm right I there would with say, you. yep, same. Agreed. I, I would personally go with like the highlight for the Rampage. For me, was uh, the Ethan Page and Cody Rhodes match. That was very entertaining, and uh, I mean, I kind of now can kind of see why um, they put the strap back on him. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like when Cody has that, when Cody has that title on there, there is just something when he's facing someone else. When Cody gets that title around him, he turns into John Cena, and it just makes every match that he's in so much better. And it's like you want to see that rub off on someone else. I can. I was mm-hmm. thinking, okay, you know, I I actually believe Ethan Page may have won too, which was crazy. I was like, yes. okay, they could have possibly did this, and I would I would have completely been absolutely okay with that. The thing, the thing that's so weird about Cody for me, especially given his his expressed hate for people in his past, he is Triple H Junior. Yeah, he's Triple H Junior. Okay, but to his credit, to his credit, it is not with the world title. Yes, yes. It's, it is. It is absolutely. the mid belt. Except, absolutely. except at all in. Okay, yeah. But he won the NWA title. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. To be fair, another promotions belt, not his own. So I'll let that yeah. slide. He's. Man, he's Triple H Jr. the way he does things. And I say that because you're absolutely right. When he has the when he has that title on him, he's a polarizing figure. He's and I say he's John Cena because he has an equal amount of boos and equal amount of cheers. And it really depends on where he is locale-wise, who's gonna, you know, be on his side that night. And I think that's kind of needed. That's something that Sammy Guevara doesn't provide with all his talent and ability as a wrestler he doesn't have that has to grow into it yeah he doesn't have a good he doesn't have that ability to make the crowd react however the hell they want like cody he has one one style he's not like cody where cody could be a chameleon and adapt to anything like sammy has one style darby has one style like it's cody i I was i was so opposed to him winning the belt back but then when i when I saw that match, I was like, fuck. Yep. I get it. I get I, it. Dang, I get it. I yeah, get exactly. It. Absolutely. What about the uh, the tag match between Ty J and then the bunny and Come on. Ford? This this is the whole reason that, why this is the whole reason why I reminded myself. I was like, wait a minute. 
I was complaining all these last three weeks about more females at the top part of the card and the bunnies just sitting here staring me in the eyes every week just destroying everything just like give her more phenomenal match give her more time honestly that was the best match i've seen out of her that was the best match i've seen out of anna j yep i've seen ty conti in good matches yeah anna j really uh really impressed me I'm Absolutely. not gonna lie. I was shocked. How, the 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 I was worried shot. about that spot though. Me too. Which one? Where the table didn't break? Yes, that's the oh, yeah, and it, when that, that's Her, the part that busted open Ty Conti, the freaking the way uh, that they just didn't the care and just kept going oh, though. Goodness. Like I respected yeah. that. Like it was. It wasn't they, they didn't I, stop. I think about when Charlotte and um Sasha were oh, in yeah. the match and the table wouldn't break and they kept trying it and kept trying it. No, they just moved on. They were like, oh, the table doesn't break. Bucket, next spot. I was yeah, like, we yes. we we're going to end up on Botchamania. Yes. But and then they, not- came and they circled back to the table. So I was like, come on, that's how you do it, man. That's how you do it. It was definitely something that was really fun for me to watch. And the fact that three of the four women involved gave color. Yes. Was WWE could never. No, absolutely would not. Would never. <laughs> They would never. They'd be like, oh my god, a what? girl's bleeding! How crazy is that? And then even the ending when uh, Anna J locked in uh, the bunny with the barbed wire. Oh, with the barbed wire. Like, Let's go, dude. That, I was like, that's oh, what I meant. That, that ending Wait. shot with her Wait. sitting up and readjusting so the barbed wire, you see it, and the look on her face, crimson mask. Beautiful yeah, that was storytelling. So Beautiful. That, that, was, that was real. That was a really good one. Um. Uh, we also had from the same week as well. Um, we also had 2.0 and Daniel Garcia taking on Pride and Powerful and Eddie Kingston. Where yo, I um, love the team of I love I love that Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz team. I love it. Okay, okay. I love that team. I feel like like a, like like a new version of LAX in a way, but Good. more vicious, or, almost like a more vicious LAX, like. More savage okay. LAX, like early okay. Okay. early TNA LAX. Yeah, oh, like, yeah I, I just I like love I just love the way that even though they're all a team, you never know what's gonna go on because Eddie Kingston is such a fucking loose cannon. Like you just never know. You just never know. Wild card. <laughs> yeah, just, he's such. He's like the epitome of a wild card. Like you never know what's going down with Eddie Kingston involved. Eddie Kingston Agreed. makes makes me chuckle every time. Love him. Like when he when he cuts a promo or like on Rampage when he's like, you know what, I'm done with it. Just just hurry up, say your damn thing. Yeah, no, and, I'm gone. and it's and just walk. so hard to differentiate if he's like joking around or if he's really like that. And that's what I love about it. It's just like, nah, this dude really means that he has to. Oh, he's <laughs> and see, and I think all gotta real. go along with that. It's all yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I could tell. I just I don't know, man. If Eddie Kingston's on on TV, I'm just like. Mm, yep. Lock there in. is no difference hey. between Eddie Kingston in the back and Eddie Kingston in the ring. It's all the same person. <laughs> well, honestly, anytime anytime they've announced 2.0 and Daniel Garcia on TV, I'm instantly got my phone put away from me. I'm not scrolling. I'm literally watching from beginning to end on every match that they're in because the dynamic and the chemistry between 2.0 and Daniel Garcia and what they're doing oh, currently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so invested in that. I'm so invested in them, especially on the being the leap behind the scenes. Yeah. It's hilarious. They are. Yeah, they, they work comical. together. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, two more things to touch on. Uh, 
we had the semi the last semifinal match in the TBS Women's Championship match. Uh Jade Cargill defeated Thunder Rosa with the outside interference of um Mercedes Martinez. Uh, setting up for the TBS Women's Championship on the debut episode of, of Dynamite on TBS this Wednesday, Ruby Soho versus Jade Cargill. I'm just gonna say this: <clears throat> Jade Cargill gonna be champ for all the for all for all the stardom that Jade Cargill ex- exudes. She's you can still tell she's mad great in the ring. Oh, yeah. Like like oh, yeah. it's just it's it's just a stiff fest. They came for stiff man, and if they came for stiff, they're looking for Jade Cargill. Can we talk uh, about that bicycle kick? Yes. Ooh. Stiff Mendoza. That was that was not a bicycle kick. That was a whole ass motorcycle kick. <laughs> Jade Cargill is rough. Like I, I I'm really I'm really not you know the biggest fan of Thunder Rosa, so I'm not sad that. Jade went over on her, but if I, I really don't care who wins between Jade and, and Ruby Soho, like, Same. I'm Same. uninterested in this TBS title at, like in any way. It's literally at the point where it's like, cool, you have a belt. Yeah, it reminds but me I, of it reminds me of uh, having the belt on Thunder <laughs> back in WCW days. No one oh, cared about the oh, title yeah. matches on Thunder. I mean. They're both yeah. on TBS and TNT. I mean, it makes sense, right? It's like, uh, I'm just, I, just not interested. I, I'm personally excited to see this match. Uh, I and, and you, Danny. Do you think Jade's just gonna run over her? Yes, I think Danny. Danny can attest that I'm 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 a uh, a mark for Jade, and and he'll tell you, uh, he'll he'll literally throw up in his mouth every time he hears about Jade Cargill at work, and I. <laughs> And I said, but, but for some reason, man, there's something about her. She that has that I star power. She that has something. Yes, it's just, she can't wrestle. <laughs> it, it, it's because she just needs more. I think she needs more time and she needs more matches. You just got to keep mm-hmm. giving her matches. It's just unfortunate that she's such a star. They have to put her on TV right now. They have, they to. have to. They have no other star power. Like, and she has it. She has that it factor that can't be taught. Look, this is what I'd say about it, right? When I first saw Jade Cargill, I was like, okay, cool. We have this opposing figure outside of Nyla Rose. Yes. Cool. But then when I started watching and I seen like sloppy yeah, she's no Nyla in the ring. Footprint, like foot placement. <laughs> yes. It was something that Tommy used to yell at me about was my 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 placing with my feet. And everything's like slow it down. She's over here hundred miles an hour. And like less is more. You don't have to do, you- do a million freaking things. Just to like oh. say, hey, this is who I am. Do you think it could have benefited oh, her is... more? Oh god. Well, oh, go ahead. You're good. I can hold mine. I was gonna say this is one benefit that the WWE does have over AEW uh, is the fact that yeah. NXT exists. Yeah, NXT is not only a promotion, yep, it is a school. Yep. And if you're gonna learn on TV, the developmental way is probably the best aspect. Not as right. you're being pushed to the moon like so Jade right. is. Like that's uh, I don't know. So send her back to the There you go, perfect. But what I was going to kind of toss toss into there. Do you think that's oh. something now for the future that AEW looks into potentially creating? Obviously, you got all these other like one hour shows on YouTube, whatnot. Some but, of the good talent that they're not using on Dark and Elevation. Why that's what think that's where all the indies are. Couldn't couldn't that time be used for like someone say like Jay Cargo get more her more time 
more seasoning on these type of events. It's realistically, yes, you're right. It should be, but mm. just like Tommy said, they're too busy pushing her to the moon, like for her to have those opportunities. If you were to go a week without seeing Jade Cargill on one of the main shows, you'd be like, "What the fuck? Where's Jade?" So do you think it's going to be so when it gets to this championship match? Then do you believe? It, I think okay. they're gonna put it on her. Gonna struggle through. You think it. They're gonna put it on her. Yeah, I still okay. think they're gonna. I think they're still they're gonna. gonna book, they're gonna book her to the moon, but Ruby's gonna make her work her ass off to earn it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's all. That's all I was gonna ask. And yeah, then, I think I think they're gonna give it to her and still continue to push her to the moon. But I don't know, man. I don't know if I give her two defenses. I, I think it's gonna be as successful as they think. And then last- who does she lose to? Who does she lose to, Dominic? I I don't know yet. I just give her two defenses. She she okay. loses to she loses to um Ty Conti. I'd like that. Ooh, she yeah. loses okay. to Ty Conti. See that. Um, and at last but not least, we saw the undisputed elite, as we I call them, and me and Ryan call them at work. Uh, the undisputed elite taking on the best friends on the main event, where the finish saw chasing the dragon happen. But prior to that, we saw Kyle O'Reilly kick Adam Cole in the face after miscommunication, bringing out mm-hmm. the Bucks afterwards, keeping the whole conflict of interest of who's getting custody of Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> keeping that storyline going somewhat from. I don't from even think NXT. it's a custody of. I don't even think it's a custody of Adam Cole thing. I think it's uh, uh I think it's who's going to be in charge when Kenny returns. So here's my my theory. Is, is Adam going to be in control or is Kenny going to be in control? So that's that's my thing. I think when Kenny does come back, Cole will have taken position, taken control, mm-hmm. yes. But Kenny comes back and it creates the elite of the Bucks and Omega versus the undisputed yep. mm-hmm. whatever the hell they are. Um, and that's that's it. And with, the, that. with the Bucks and Omega being the faces in that, because they oh. can get over and they work very well. And Kenny was a heel all of last year. The mm-hmm. Bucks were heels all of all last year. year. Like, if you think about it, if you think about it, continuity wise, they've sort of had like soft reboots because I feel like when they came out and did the confirmation with. Adam Page, the Young Bucks personally, that was almost a sense of them reattaining their face face ship. When they and, gave the nod of approval. Yep. Yeah. And mm. then when Kenny did yeah, he, when Kenny sure. did that interview, um, when Adam interrupted and was like, Oh yeah, don't worry, I got you. I feel like that was Kenny's way of going from I'm not a heel no more, I'm a face, and I'm getting out of here, by the way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go so you're absolutely my right. It could set up and work right. It hurts from carrying this place for real quick before we get into the biggest part of here our yearly awards which um we'll get with tommy and that first annual yearly first annual yearly awards for the marksman uh we're gonna go and say hello to uh something that's near and dear to see ham's heart uh champions must die we'll be right back congrats rookie you made it through the contenders ranks But if you're going to be a champion, you've got to look the part, right? So what's your style? T-shirts? Maybe a hoodie? Hats? I think I know a place. Check. 
championsmustdie.com. Listen up, Rook. Champions Must Die. Custom clothing that fits your needs. Whether it's fashion, form, or function, Champions Must Die is your one-stop shop for amazing clothing. Hand design and made with love. Think it. Create it. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, and that was our good friends over at Champions Must Die. See him. The floor is yours. Thank you so much, guys. If you need some bleach dye, tie-dye, anything of that nature, make sure you go see me at championsmustdie.com. And if you put in the code POKETOMMY, you get 10% off your order, baby. And where can we get that merch again one more time? championsmustdie.com. And that's that's D-Y-E, not D-I-E. We don't want you to perish. There we go. (laughs) All right. And ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the very first annual Arxman Yearly Awards. Tommy, the floor is yours. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, listening uh, and watching live on Twitch, we do this every Sunday, twitch.tv forward slash shutupdanny underscore TTV, uh, Marksman's Wrestling Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and exclusively on pushstartmedianetwork.com. This is the Markman's Yearly Award. And our first category, uh, WWE Male Superstar of the Year. Who is your pick? We're going to start off with Ryan. My WWE Male Superstar of the Year, Roman Reigns. I believe just what he has done in this past year, especially with going on three years of this COVID crap that we have to deal with, he has really anchored down uh, the blue brand and WWE as a whole. Um, he's been must see, must watch entertainment. Um, never miss a storyline, never miss a match with him. Um, he, he's just, he's, he's been the all around consummate um, professional with everything going on. And uh, yeah, phenomenal matches. Hey, how about you, Danny? I'm actually going to agree with Ryan on that. Roman Reigns is my WWE male superstar of the year. Uh, my input on that is when he returned at SummerSlam, attacking The Fiend and Braun Strowman, which set up the triple threat match the week next afterwards at Payback, where he became the Universal Champion, and then he just went on this monstrous run of people that he's put down in his path from his own family with Jay Uso and their back-to-back matches that they had. His matches with Edge, his matches with Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, however you want to slice the slice the cake uh big e uh kofi kingston uh cesaro Rey mysterio dominic roman reigns has elevated himself to a new level and honestly even before this is like my biggest comparison to him he has overseeded jbl when jbl was the main heel on smackdown roman reigns is the modern day jbl but better Uh, okay like and that. see him. Uh, it, it, it pains me to say it, but uh, I got to give credit where credit is due. Coming from being a former Roman Reigns hater, despiser, um, this is the first time ever in his career that I've been interested in what he had to offer. And that's that's not for no reason. Um, as Ryan and Danny have both said, he's just been putting on really, really solid quality matches. 
I can't deny when someone's doing their job to the fullest fruition. And that's what Roman's been doing, man. Whenever they put him in front of somebody, with the exception of when he had that quarrel with John Cena, John Cena still smoked his boots. But um, uh, everybody else he went up against, uh, Roman Reigns was clear ahead. And, you know, that's what it takes to be a superstar of the year. I will say this, though. Roman Reigns did give us the most brutal insult ever, saying John Cena is like missionary style. The same damn uh, thing every God. single night. He was so right with that, over but now, with that being said, that was literally the only good thing he said throughout the entirety of that promo exchange. We were there live for that, and when he said that, I will tell you this right now, everybody in the arena lost just it. lost it. I can imagine. Uh, for me, my WWE male superstar is actually two male superstars. Uh, there is the aforementioned Roman Reigns uh, for everything that you guys have already said. It bears no repeating. Uh, and also Bobby Lashley. Uh, I feel like Lashley needs the credit uh, given to him because of what he was able to do on the Raw brand through the, through the pandemic and him being able to carry the belt through there. I was I was torn between Bobby and Drew, but I truthfully believe that Bobby was more of an impact player um, for the Raw side of things. And he was Roman's equivalent in a way, uh, not at not at Roman's complete level, but as far as like star power goes and star making goes, Lashley did not have a bad match. Lashley was consistently good and consistently good in the role he was given. Uh, so my, my WWE male superstars of the year are Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. Uh, so next up, uh, the WWE female superstar of the year. Ryan, the floor is yours. Ramoro <laughs> Bianca Belair. I uh, I was I have to say I, I haven't really connected really well with any of the females on the WWE roster to kind of keep me captivated in in my seat wanting to watch. Uh, Bianca Belair's call up to the main roster and then her obviously her Royal Rumble victory and then preceded by probably the match of the year, maybe top two matches of the year with uh, Sasha was amazing. Um, I think she had a great title defense as being a champ. Um, Yeah, Bianca Belair for me. Hi, Danny. Again, I'm going to agree with Ryan, Bianca Belair. Reason being, Bianca Belair, this is going to shock you guys because you guys didn't know this. But for the longest time in NXT, I was not a fan of Bianca Belair. Me personally, I said when she came up to the main roster, she was going to fall. She proved me wrong, and I became a fan. She is a workhorse in the women's division. She had her moment with Sasha main eventing WrestleMania back in front of the crowd. And then she had her run all the way through to SummerSlam. I don't agree with how that got that, why they did it the way it did. If to me, it feels like it killed the momentum. But I'm saying right now, she's going to get the belt back, and she's gonna have another lengthy run with it. And this time, they don't need to do what they did. I see him. Floor is yours. Yes. Um, I have to agree with Bianca Belair, and this is specifically why. I have one specific reason why. Um, anyone that can be buried in the way that she was by Becky Lynch when she returned and still remain sustainable in the main event picture and still have use and value in the women's division 
Um, Because let, let's be honest, we haven't seen a woman be squashed like that in a really, really long time, if ever. So for her to be able to endure that and still, you know, succeed in the way that she has been and that she's going to going into 2022, uh, it would be hard pressed to find anyone else to really uh, compare with that from WWE standpoint. Guys, it is safe to say that we have our first unanimous superstar of the year as my choice is also Bianca Belair for WWE female superstar of the year. Once again, for all the aforementioned Bianca Belair has been the consummate. She has been the constant uh, driving force in the WWE women's division. Uh, Yes, we've had Charlotte, but Charlotte is Charlotte and Charlotte was also gone for a while. Becky was gone for a while. Bailey was gone for a while, though she was a strong contender for me, in all honesty. Uh, but Bianca honestly rose above everybody else and, like, head and shoulders, put the division on her back and made it uh, made it watchable, made it yeah. enjoyable for the first time in almost two years, for me at least. Uh, so, yes, Bianca Belair unanimously is the Markman's uh, WWE Female Superstar of the Year. And now we move away from the WWE and we move on to AEW. Who is your AEW male wrestler of the year? Stanton, the floor is yours. Uh, AEW male superstar of the year would be Kenny Omega. Um, And I kind of want to piggyback a little bit off how Seaham kind of addressed how he picked his uh, female superstar. And it's for one reason, kind of in the same sense. That exploding barbed wire death match was something that really could have really ruined or I think could have messed up his run as champ. But but when he continued to keep going and pushing through and having these incredible matches and then the open door policy through impact and, and pretty much anchoring down what was pretty much 2021 um, and still continue to have a great next few months with that title in hand. Uh, Kenny Omega to be able to be consistent with that through all that stuff and all the criticism that was happening with that by far, Kenny Omega. Kenny. Again, um, I I was torn on this one because uh, I wanted to say, Kenny Omega in my book, but for overall, just the way that this guy gets under everybody's skin, MJF. MJF is my AEW male wrestler of the year because, one, he is great on the stick. He is a overall presence. Well, the moment his theme song hits, you get an immediate reaction out of this guy, and before he even comes through the curtain or even comes through the entryway, you know that you're going to hate this guy for what he's about to say or do. So that is my AEW male wrestler superstar of the year, MJF. That's a, that's a very good choice. Very yeah. good. But um, it's going to be no surprise here. I've been saying since probably like four months ago, the three best wrestlers on planet Earth currently. Third, Daniel Bryan. Second, Seth Rollins. And first, unequivocally and it's not even close Kenny Omega Kenny Omega spent a year carrying the company on his back having the greatest matches possible having multiple five star and above matches I don't think there's that many people besides you know like Okada and people like that that can say that they have three or four 
five-star matches throughout the course of the year. And Kenny just went through doing that. Um, and like I said, I'm kind of a little bit biased to this one because of my affinity for Kenny Omega. But even if I wasn't, just look at the track record of what he did this past year and it's, it'll be hard to argue it. Absolutely. I would have to agree as my AEW male wrestler of the year is indeed Kenny Omega for everything you just said, CM, everything you just said. Um, so now we'll move on to the AEW female wrestler of the year. And since everybody seems to be stealing my answers first, I'm just going to go first. Oh, for it. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, hands down as, as, much as I hate to admit it, uh, Britt Baker has been head and shoulders, the face of the division throughout the chase and then her win and how she has presented herself as champion. It is very hard not to see her as the female wrestler of the year for AEW, in my opinion. Uh, Stanton? Uh, you took the answer out of my mouth. DMD, Finally. Britt Baker. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I pretty much. I can agree with everything that you said there. Uh, she had phenomenal matches. She um, she practically established a new superstar in Jamie Hayter with her presence as being the champion on that roster. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I really can't find no issue or find no one that um, could really catch up or take that position or take that, that title away from her. So, yeah, Britt Baker for me. Danny. I agree with you guys. It is the doctor, the good doctor, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, because she was the one that dethroned Hikaru Shida. And honestly, yes, it took away <laughs> the lack, not lackluster and not, not memorable championship run that she had. Cause she held it for, she held it for a, for a good, a good amount of time. But when you got Britt Baker in there and then, you know, yeah, she, Got Rebel with her. She's got uh, Jamie Hader with her. And she's got like this whole little orchestrated like group around her. And again, like what I said with MJF as well, the moment her theme song hits, you get a oh, reaction yeah. out of her immediately. You don't get, oh, you yeah. didn't get that out of uh, Sheena. You didn't get that out of Rio. You don't get, you don't get that out of like 95% of the women's roster. But the moment you hear that, duh. The doctor will see you now. The crowd is already on their feet for her. Mm -hmm. So that is my AEW's uh, women's female wrestler of the year is Dr. Britt Baker. I mean, another unanimous sweep. I've been saying this every episode. Britt Baker's back. Like, forget <laughs> DMD. She's going to need a chiropract because that back, baby, is hurting from holding people on it. Like, come on, let me tell you, if it wasn't for Britt Baker we would not be talking about AEW women's division at all, at all. So. All right. So once again, when it comes to female superstars, female wrestlers, the marksmen have a sweep as Britt Baker is our AEW female wrestler of the year. Uh, so the next one I want to talk about uh, is rookie of the year. Now, as far as rookie of the year goes, this will entitle someone who is called up to the main roster and is in their first year or debuted in a promotion, a major promotion, AEW, New Japan, WWE, um, and is once again in their first year. It doesn't matter if they were spent years in development. It's their first year on the main roster. Um, Stan, floor is yours. 
I I personally was torn about this because I had a few choices and maybe it was me not kind of, I guess, grasping the idea of, of, of the situation. But when you break it down like that, um, it, it was hard for me to pick the one person I was going to. So I'm going to stick with my original. It's going to be Jade Cargill. Okay. Uh, I personally believe even, even though her wrestling has not been fantastic or mind-blowing, her presence debuting, winning that match uh, against Cody and Randy, I believe, no, Red Velvet. Red Velvet, yep. Red Velvet. Um, I think she, and, and then just her continued push of, of the matches she had beating like Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa and then just recently beating Thunder Rosa. I, I, I'd have to say that Jay Cargill is my rookie of the year and uh, sky looks pretty much bright for her. Danny, how about you? Uh, my biggest takeaway from what Ryan said with uh, Jade Cargill in that infamous tag team match was watching Shaq take the table bump on the floor. <laughs> I'm like, this man is not doing this right now. That was probably one of my greatest moments with Shaq himself just doing that. If I could say if he Shaq does not qualify as rookie of the year. No, 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 no. I know, I know. But I, that that moment because Easy. he, he brought up the list. match. He brought up the match. I, I do it for Shaqaroni. Jack uh, <laughs> um, just because he was in there for uh, so far, he's only been there for a couple matches and stuff like that. Rookie of the year is going to go to Hook. Okay. Hook, Ooh, I like that. Okay, listen, listen, I like that. Listen, I listen, listen to me. Listen, uh, to me, listen, to me, listen I to me, hope, listen. Uh, Tommy. I hope you bring up. I hope you bring up one of the awards because I have. Let, oh man, listen. We're gonna we're gonna get there. Listen, listen, Hook. In his debut match against Fuego del Sol, he showed that he could handle with a luchador. He could handle with somebody of the high-flying techniques. When he took on Bear Bronson, he showed pure strength by being able to suplex a bigger guy. That's how it's nasty. And then after that, coming on camera from a fan's recording... Coming out there and slapping Cody in the face and saying, I don't give up who you are. You have something I want and I want it now. So, Hook, even though he's only been here for a couple months, he is definitely my rookie of the year. Hey, see him. My rookie of the year. Is we have the same one. New York owned. We do. We have two. We have the same. <laughs> Daniel. The Red Dragon Garcia. Let me tell you. Um, not just because of what he did, what his presence that he's showing now with uh, him being on AEW and constantly being featured on TV and things like that. What he was doing on the indies before he got there, like with Limitless and he fought Minoru Suzuki this year. Limitless, ESW, New Japan Strong, uh, West Coast Pro, where he faced Minoru Suzuki. Like, dude, uh, my, honestly, my I'm just gonna piggyback. I'm just gonna piggyback off of you because my pick is also Red Def Daniel Garcia for Rookie of the Year. All the aforementioned you said, like it's it's insane to see how far Danny has come. Yeah, it's it's wild to me. Uh, and especially considering, done, especially considering, I saw him like live and in person at an ESW show. Uh, when he fought Kevin Blackwood and he dropped the title to him, actually. And that was such 
a good match. They went for like 45 minutes. And just to see him as close as I was and just witness like the hard hitting and the, the intensity of the way he fights, I, I couldn't choose anyone else. I couldn't choose anyone else. Right. So those are our rookies of oh, rookie of the year uh, winners uh, from the four marksmen. Uh, so next, a little bit of a little of a bit of interesting uh, category: veteran wrestler of the year. Veteran pertains Ooh. to seven years on the main roster, seven years on the independent, seven years on some main roster, you know, promotion. So WWE Impact, you know, AEW independence whatever the case may be uh i'm gonna go first okay uh my pick is murder grandpa himself minoru suzuki maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, because suzuki this year has been tearing up the independence when he came over to america uh everything he's done in new japan as well uh just it, it, watching Minoru Suzuki just gives me the the hardest wrestle boner. It is fantastic <laughs> watching him work. Um, Respect you so much for that. Uh, we're gonna go in reverse order this time. So CM, floor's yours. Brian Daniel Daniel Bryanson. Brian, <laughs> however you want to represent him, that man Daniel Brian Danielson. Let me tell you, man. I'm a I'm a Daniel Bryan whore. That's number one. But. To see him come to AEW, first of all, that was like one of the biggest pops I personally experienced as like just not from like a, a mass standpoint, but just me personally as a wrestling fan who I love. That was one of the personal best pops I've ever experienced because I was extremely hopeful that he would finally join another company because the way that WWE books books him is just fucking shit it, it's never been good it's never been good and i'm just so used to ring of honor the american dragon just hard hitting just kick, kick your teeth in okay and that's what i got more of when he came to AEW, and he finally got a deserving five-star match when he fought kenny omega this year the first of his career oddly enough and then he went and got a second one when he fought hangman adam page brian Anderson. Danny. Definitely it's uh Minoru Suzuki for me, man. I watched a lot of his stuff with New Japan. And then when he showed up at All Out and got in the face of Moxley, even for the small time that he was with AEW, and yeah. then made some transitions over to uh Impact Wrestling as well for a cup of coffee there. I am absolutely I I am now turning into one of the biggest Minoru Suzuki fans because of just this dude is a walking, talking, living, breathing anime villain. And from yes. what Tommy has told me, this dude is villainous in the ring, but one of the nicest dudes that you could ever super, talk to. Super sweetheart. Super sweetheart. So definitely. I love Murder Grandpa. Definitely for me, it will be 100% Minoru Suzuki on my book. All right. And Ryan. I was not prepared for this one. So this one, I'm going oh, to off go the dome. To- Shotgun off the hip. It is Matt Cardona. Ooh. I, okay. I, be, I, okay. I believe being a veteran of WWE and pretty much ushering the social media uh, wave that we now see today with the Z True Island uh, story on YouTube, um, and then just the way he was not his his rise and then his fall. And then his rise again at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental title. 
I was going to make a pain pushing him off the stage joke, but... Well, yeah, that too, you know? And then just his eventual booking and unhappiness and thinking me being a Zack Ryder fan, uh, Matt Cardona fan, and then thinking that there was nothing left for him. He then goes back to the indies, kind of does his thing, uh, gets his name kind of re-established, always ready, and then Impact gives him a call brings him in and I mean it, it's looking like he's going to be a soon-to-be world champion in Impact if everything plays out right. So, Not uh, to mention me, winning the GCW title too. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And uh, yeah, pretty much giving That's a good choice. Zach, yeah. So it'd be a Matt Cardona for me. I like that. I like that. I, one. I like that. Wild card, I like that. Alright, so next up. The Who to Watch in 2022. This could be any young prospect, anybody that we believe is going to make an impact, no pun intended, uh, upon the professional wrestling world in their given promotion or on the independents. If you have an indie uh, indie darling that you love and you want to see them succeed. Uh, so my two picks, uh, one of them we talked about already, one of them we haven't. Uh, first is hook for for everything everything that danny had said previously in his rookie of the year statement and my second one is sam beal uh (laughs) the perminator uh because i have been in the ring with sam i was one of sam's first opponents uh i have exchanged many many a blows with sam beal uh the kid is good and the kid has only gotten better. Uh, I can only imagine how good he is now because last time I faced him was in 2019. Uh, so this is now three years later. I'm, I'm excited to see where the world takes him and how far he can carry that ball. So Hook and Sam Beal are my who to watch in 2022. Danny. I, I actually have five. I was prepared for this one. I have five Whoa. people to watch out for in 2020. Let's hear it. Hook definitely is that number is number five. Number four is Sam Beal. Number okay. three, Max Caster. Definitely be on the watch great. out for Platinum Max Caster. I would love to see him get a run at the, the TNT title or even give him and Anthony Bones a shot at the tag titles and actually give them a run. Max Caster already because he can, you know, he he can do his his rap, rhyme and reason, raps and everything, and it gets a crowd reaction. He can actually go in the ring. Him and Anthony Bowens are people that, you know, they, the crowd loves them, but they can also put on a good match as well. So either it can be a singles match, singles between the two, or even let them run as a tag team. I think that you can watch out for the acclaimed each way at number three. Uh, Number two, um, top notch Jason Hotch. Hotch had one of his best matches I watched, and that was against Buddy Matthews in Pittsburgh. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, that was one of my favorite matches of him, of him. And since he became what he's doing now, especially who he's learning under as well. And then number one, um, beat him too. Off- what was that? <laughs> I beat him too. <laughs> yes, 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 you did. Um, and number one, uh, definitely, this one is gonna hit home for me as well. Um, because of what he has now, I would definitely love to see him go. Above that next level, the current X, X Division champion in Impact Wrestling, Trey Miguel. Okay. Love to see him uh, take that option C and get that world title. 
All right, Seaham, we're going to kick it to you, and then we're going to kick it to Stanton before we move on to our next category. All right, there's two. One, Chris Bay. I've been saying this for a couple years now. Chris Bay is one of my favorite superstars to watch. Man, period. Let's go. Especially when it comes to, especially when it comes to um, prospective African American heavyweight champions. I'm always on the lookout for those individuals, and Chris Bay strikes me as one of those human beings. Chris uh, Bay is Bay. Chris Bay is lit. Secondly, EC3, and this is why. Um, the control your narrative thing is uh, a much bigger movement than people want to give it credit for Both in the, those were the, so good, in the wrestling the world. Uh, I've been kind of like paying attention to it before it's been thrust into popularity like it's been the last few months or so. Because like I've been watching like control your narrative stuff since like February. Yep. So yep. like I've been in tune to what EC3 is trying to do ever since he left WWE and he started like exposing all those things that he had in mind that they tried to do without him, that they miserably failed upon. Um, and ever since I, you know, was reading and hearing those things about him, I've been following him very, very closely. So with everything that he did in the last Ring of Honor show and things like that, that lets me know that this man hasn't stopped thinking of ideas and of ways to progress his brand and anybody that's attached to it. So I think uh, 2022 is going to be a big ass year for EC3 and anybody that decides to latch themselves onto whatever he's trying to do with the control your narrative. Okay. And Stanton, who is your who to watch in 2022? I I, kind of want to follow suit with everyone and have multiple, but I'm going to (laughs) stick with just one. And I'm going to say hook. I'm going to say hook has definitely caught my eye and has got me very interested to see how he's going to progress um, both in the ring, on the mic, if they're going to do anything promo-wise with him. Um, obviously, it's cool to see his father keeping it so neutral on commentary as he's right. calling his matches. Um, it, it's it's refreshing that he's not just, that's my boy type deal. You know, he, he's, he's calling it as if he was just another talent on the roster. And uh, the the uh, the segments are that he's he's going to be having with Taz. I can't remember what are they called. Uh, man, maneuver with Taz or somewhere he breaks yeah, down. Yeah, when it was breaking down his moves. Yeah, I, I really like that. And um, just kind of seeing, I, I think that Hook, if he continues on this path and they creatively got this in store, and if he's really as good as he's been so far i can see him by the end of 2022 being tnt champion Uh, so so now we move on to the very subjective uh match of the year uh for me personally uh see him you had mentioned it earlier uh brian danielson versus hangman adam page for the AEW world championship at AEW winter is coming 2021 that is my match of the year i think it was absolutely fantastic i've watched a ton of new japan stuff i've watched a ton of wwe stuff nxt stuff and nothing compared to this match in my opinion uh so that's that's me personally uh stan uh it would be the hangman danielson match uh it gave me reminiscent vibes of brett Hart and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania Iron Man match. And uh, 
I, I fell in love with Shawn Michaels at that moment and as a kid. And so, and I fell in love with this idea of a concept of a 60 minute match. Mm-hmm. So watching that and it going the limit, it really just, it put it, it had a real like warm, fuzzy feeling in my heart for that. And it was a very big nostalgic callback that I actually cried at the end of that match because it was, again, I, I ranked that Iron Man match between uh, Michaels and Hart as one of my top two favorite matches of all time. So that, uh, yeah, that match was my match of the year. So Christian next. I mean, it should come as no surprise. Like, it's <laughs> obvious as the resident Daniel Bryan Danielson lover, if it wasn't for the Hangman Adam Page and Daniel Bryan match, Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan would have been my pick. But Hangman Adam Page did everything that Kenny did for me as an opponent for Daniel. Uh, that Kenny did. He did everything Kenny did times two. Um, I felt like is something about the way Adam Page, it's much more visceral. When he hits you and he strikes and he comes off the, you know, the the springboard, it just seems so much more visceral and believable. And in my opinion, Brian fights no better than when he fights people that are fighting the way he does. And that's what he is. He's vicious. He's, he's snappy with his strikes. He's visceral with his attacks. And the number one thing, about Daniel Bryan as a wrestler that nobody pays attention to. It's not about his technique. It's not about, you know, his ability to get the crowd involved. It's his pace. No wrestler on planet Earth paces matches better than Bryan Danielson. And then when you put somebody like a hangman page who is just along for the fucking ride, like that man is there to do whatever spot you're trying to do, and he's going to make sure y'all both look amazing. So... That match, that match was it for me. Danny. We're on agreements. Hangman and Brian. Hangman Brian. Another clean Gen- sweep. And let's not forget, gentlemen, we are getting part two of that coming up. Yes. <laughs> this Wednesday night, actually. <laughs> Come on. Fuzzy. <laughs> yes, this Wednesday night on TBS. Uh, AW Dynamite. TBS debut. Uh, so now... Uh, coming off of that, we have the show of the year. So this is the total uh, show itself, the entire card itself. What is your show of the year? For me, it is New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom 15 Night 1 uh, that featured the main event of Kota Ibushi defending the double championship against, I'm sorry, with Tetsuya Naito defending the double championship against Kota Ibushi. Uh, that for me was my card of the night. There has not been a more well-rounded card all year uh, than night one of Wrestle Kingdom 15. Uh, I didn't Stanton, think, oh, no, let me jump in. Christian, I didn't think anybody was going to even mention that, but I'm so <laughs> glad that you did because I just re-watched it again sure. last night and that, oh my God, everything about that was great. If you're, that's, that's for, that is not for the casual wrestling fan. Let me tell you, you have to be a hardcore blood sucking wrestling fan to enjoy that. And that was what that was there for. And that was there for me. I was here for that. All of that. That night one, Naito walking out with just the two belts was enough for me just to see Naito strolling out like that. (laughs) That was enough for me. Stanton. I'm going to go 
this was tough, but I I actually was able to get to watch it on I believe it was fight. It would be um Triple A Triple Mania. It was Kenny Omega versus Andrade. That was good. So I think that card, I watched the entire card, but now obviously that was the highlight for me was that main event. Um I would I would say that was my show of the year would be the triple mania show. Danny. For me, outside of the new uh, Wrestle Kingdom 15, um, yes, that match was absolutely beautiful. Um, but definitely out for me, um, it was definitely going to be Full Gears 2021. It started with MJF and Darby, and it ended with Hangman and Omega. You had the overall stories of what you were looking to and what you were building to, and that's where my kind of my allegiance falls just ever so slightly razor thin margin of where it fell. That Darby MJF match was amazing. It was amazing. That was a that was a slobber knocker. I I literally said it that night right when I that match kicked off the show. I'm like, all right, whoever's got to follow this, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> and they did. They did. All right, and now our final category, promotion of the year. So whatever promotion that has made your year and made the biggest impact to you, once again, no pun intended, um, this is what we're going to go off of. We're actually going to start off with Stanton. Uh, I'll give you <laughs> AEW. AEW, um, simple enough by uh, these few people, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Hook. And Hook. <laughs> and my, Hook. Man, my man out here showing no love to Bobby Fish. All right, let's uh, let's kick it to see him. All those people that he said, correct, correct on all fronts. We also must include the back bearer Britt Baker, you know, for making <laughs> for making women's wrestling worth watching on AEW. Um, let's not let's not let's not beat around the bush. All AEW has done this year was give us entertaining pops and great moments and incredible matches. Let's not forget CM Punk returned this year after seven years. Yeah, it's gonna no. be hard to like compete with that. So yeah. Yep. All the five star matches they've had, on top of uh, you know Hook sending Hook, be, Hook being sending sent, Hook, <laughs> CM Punk arriving like AEW hands down, and look at their belt. It looks like a heavyweight belt should yes, look. It Thank looks you. amazing. Uh, so I'm gonna go next, and we're gonna kick it to Danny, and then Danny, it's up to you to close up the show. Uh, so my promotion of the year, personally, and this is gonna shock a lot of people, uh, is Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, and hear me okay, out. Okay. Hear me out. GCW has had big name superstars hold their world title, such as AEW's John Moxley. Uh, they had uh, the former Zack Ryder Matt Cardona become their heavyweight champion. And I know this isn't 2021, but last night Jeff Jarrett debuted in Game Changer Wrestling. That's true. So like, I did see that oh, with that guitar shot to Effie. Oh, I screwed great. up. So you sit there and you look at everything GCW has done as an independent. And, and honestly, GCW is probably taking the place of ring of honor. In my opinion, as far as being the third, uh, no, 
Yeah, as far as being the third right. uh, promotion, because Impact is still building its way back up. Yeah. Um, but like it's become a great alternative and you see a lot of the big names heading to GCW to make an impact. GCW holds multiple events uh, between WrestleMania, their WrestleMania weekend, uh, all the stuff they do in other places of the country, like their Los Angeles events or Texas events, stuff like that. Uh, so GCW for me, uh, Danny, uh, what's your promotion of the year? And then it's up to you to close out the show. Yes. Uh, but real quick before I get to that, I, I messed up. I did leave out somebody. I was talking about uh, watching 2022. Atticus Kogar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good old Love Addy. Um, me and Tommy have shared a couple locker rooms Go with him. 4 4 Yep. Atticus Kogar is a really technically sound dude, um, especially with him now being a part of GCW as well. Uh, I'm absolutely Fire Pro happy for him to be going to the Hammerstein Ballroom when GCW gets there. And I am absolutely going to be. That would be actually my first time actually watching a full GCW show and not just like little clips of it, like YouTube and stuff like that. I'm actually going to get that show for that. Uh, Promotion of the year is definitely going to go to AEW um, because I'll quote Excalibur on this one. Sometimes you just got to give the people what they want and that is exactly (laughs) what they've done since the start of 2021 all the way to 2022. You've given us memorable matches, given us long-term storytelling. You didn't just chop it right there at the beginning and just throw people on the side and be like, hey, we'll see you guys down the line. No, they actually did what you're supposed to do, and that's get people invested in your product. Yeah, you may have a little hiccups here and there. You might have a little bumps along the road, but that's what's all right with it. As long as you don't make us lose our interest, and the product that you're trying to push. So AEW is definitely there for me as well. Um, and yes, we at that point in time, it is that magic hour. It is also the saddest hour of the night because we all have to go our separate ways. Uh, Stan Bino has to go back out there on the seven seas again. Um, so Stan Bino, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you. Uh, they can find me at uh, Twitter at AO Stan Bino. Um, Facebook at AO Stambino, and uh, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. See Ham, go ahead. We know what you got to do. You already know, man. See Ham, mad good on hey, all social the, media. Hey, hey, the true belt collectors here. More belts than waste, you know. Um, if you want to check me out, podcast wise, you can find me at pushstarmedianetwork.com. Pushstarmedianetwork.com. You guessed it. PushStarMediaNetwork.com. And uh, Mad Good Podcast is going to be starting in the third week of January. So make sure y'all get ready for that. It's going to be unadulterated opinions from your boy. So let's get it. I'm in there like swimwear and I'm not dipping out like Antonio Brown. (laughs) Also as well, uh, see Ham, you right now on camera got your Ultimo Dragon vibes going on out there real quick. Oh, yeah, man. More belts than waste. The studio is moving, everybody. So we got a whole lot of new fun stuff that's going to be going down, including Gamer Gauntlets. I'm going to tell you all about that a little bit later after we done streaming. But Gamer Gauntlets is going to be set up. So it's lit. You're moving the studio? We're literally in the same building complex here. I know, man. I know we got to move from uh, Studio 213 to 218. I got to go up a flight of stairs, damn it. Uh, Tommy, where can the people find you? Uh, You can find me at... uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Jump Boost Gaming. You can find me on Twitter at Pokey Tommy Mon. Uh, you can follow me on uh, 
Instagram, really, at Jump Boost Gaming, if you really wanted to. Uh, you can listen to me on pushstartmedianetwork.com over at Scary Stories to retweet to your friends. Uh, you can also follow on Facebook. Uh, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you decide to listen to your podcast, including this one over at pushstartmedianetwork.com, pushstartmedianetwork.com. You guessed it, pushstartmedianetwork.com. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's really it. Oh, but God, my elbow. <laughs> Tennis elbow. And guys, for me, you can find me across all social media platforms from Instagram to Twitter to Twitch at ShutUpDanny underscore TTV. That is ShutUpDanny underscore TTV. And here on Twitch, I will be also bringing you the home of the Marks Men Wrestling Podcast as well. And on top of that as well, all of your classic and retro video game needs as well. You guys can follow me. My stream schedule is now up on my Instagram, so you guys can go ahead and follow me there so you guys can stay on top of that as well. And also as well, we are just... 27 days from the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Boys, Ooh, I cannot wait for the time of the year. I can't Royal wait for it. All time. I can't wait hey, for my it. Guy, same here. And on top of that as well, um, if everything falls in line, we may have a special guest with us that, 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 that day as well. But uh, we'll see how the cards Ooh. fall. Ooh. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The Rumble's on a Saturday this year. This is correct. Mm. Yeah. This is gonna make an interesting podcast on the thirtieth. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? We might be actually having a special Saturday edition for that night. Oh, so you're asking too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens, and we'll see where the card lies. But, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have yourself a fantastic evening. Have a happy 2022, guys! And remember, if you're gonna get something started, make sure you remember this one thing and one thing only: can't start anything without a little bit of a push start. We'll go ahead and give you guys out of here. We'll see you guys next week.